can I just ask you first of all? Obviously, you've been in politics for a while now. You know, <laughs> quite long in the tooth as far as a Manx politician is concerned. Did you have any doubts about standing again? No, I didn't. Um, I believe that the challenges for the island uh, continue to grow and continue to grow both in significance and potentially complexity as well. Uh, you know, I believe now that the experience that I have, the track record that I'm able to demonstrate as Treasury Minister over the last five years will enhance the island's ability to deal with these, to tackle them um, and to do so in the best interests of the people of uh, the island. Would you like to tackle those problems as Chief Minister? I think the critical issue for me is, first of all, uh, to conduct a successful campaign um, to make sure that I have engaged as much as possible, as widely as possible, as broadly as possible across my constituency, clearly to to win an appropriate vote. And then afterwards, you know, I will hope to be engaging with like minded politicians in terms of developing a plan for the island. I think that's the critical issue here is that. Last time we did a did a programme for government, when that programme was put together, it was uncosted. You know, I think we can make significant improvements this time by bringing together a proper plan, a five-year plan, a costed five-year plan, uh, in order that we can identify where our priorities are, where the expenditure uh, needs to go to tackle the, the, the big issues of, um, of the day. Interesting you're using the word we, because five years, of course, five years ago, you were an outspoken backbencher. Uh, and then you decided to move, if I can put it this way, into the tent. It must have been a fairly big decision. What prompted you to do that, to accept office? Well, I think the, t the, timing, the timing was right. I had spent the previous five years on the back, back benches, but of course ministerial positions are at the behest of the chief minister. Uh, I wasn't offered a ministerial post uh, dur during that uh, Was the person was who was chief time? minister make a but difference to your decision? Yeah, of course it does. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, you have to put together a collegiate body um, that will broadly share the same values, uh, broadly share the same objectives in terms of what needs to be delivered for the um, island. And, you know, the person who is leading that, put at the forefront of that, needs to be the, the, the right person to draw things together. I think you know, I've always taken a very sort of collegiate approach. I recognise now I've got enough experience to let you have to listen to uh, other people's voices. You have to take those uh, uh, into account. You shouldn't necessarily just always settle for consensus, um, but a lot of the time you have to pull uh, everybody's opinions together to find the right way forward. You have a great experience now working in Kilman. Is there a danger in Kilman of, of a group think, of everybody thinking the same way because they feel obliged to? Look, I, I, I don't know uh, necessarily. I'm not into sort of overanalyzing you know, how the Council of Ministers uh, has performed. What I am interested in now is making sure that we improve in the future. And I think there are lots of areas that, that we can see where there are improvement needed, including actual delivery on the ground. And for me, that is one of the critical uh, issues. You know, time and time again, I speak to my constituents who believe the basics around the island are not, are not being done particularly well and the basic infrastructure uh, plans uh, and undertakings are not, are not being performed. We have to improve um, our delivery, both from an environmental perspective and, and to enhance our quality of life, but also from a financial perspective as well. Uh, and also then, you know, we need to make sure that in tackling the big issues, and I mean, there are some really serious issues facing the government at the moment, including climate change, for example, 
that there is a proper plan attached um, to these, a proper roadmap that is properly costed and that that is done so um, at the beginning so that so that we really can focus um, on delivery and we're not sidetracked into uh, unnecessary uh, expenditure along the route. Let's just talk about climate change. We have that big report by Professor Curran. It seemed to give a lot of indications of the way the Isle of Man should go. We've now got another consultation, I note, being launched, asking people of their opinion. Isn't that rather putting off hard action which is needed to get anywhere on this question? Yeah, we do We do need hard action, but we don't need incorrect action. There's there's potentially multi-million pounds, multi-millions of pounds of taxpayers' funds at stake here, you know, which could go south if we undertake the wrong course of action. So I think it's right that we get the, the, the platform right, that we get the foundations of this right. You know, and part of that exercise is making sure that we do consult uh, and undertake uh, our discussions with the community in a, in a variety of ways. They, the, the, the island, this is a whole island project. People will be living with our choices, renewable choices, uh, for many years and for decades to come. So I think it's absolutely right we create together um, the right vision. One thing that I do think needs absolute strengthening, though, is the decision-making in the centre, where I think we need more expertise, more strengthening of the Climate Change Transformation Board, where I'd like to see more skilled engineers from outside government, more more skilled, both, both engineers and climate change experts, forming part of that core decision-making process uh, at the heart of this. Sooner or later, decisions will have to be taken, which won't be particularly popular. I don't know about that, John. I mean, I think at the end of the day, this is about prioritisation. When you say that decisions aren't going to be popular, you mean financial decisions. Well, things that impinge upon people's lives, using of the cars and getting around the place, doing this, doing that. They'll think, I enjoyed, have enjoyed doing this for decades. Why should I stop now just because something that could happen in the next Look, few decades? I think, I think I've never been a, a fan of this unpopular or popular decision making process. I think actually providing people understand the reasoning uh, behind it, but pr- providing the uh, strategic outcome or the policy is reached in a, in, in a positive and proactive way and providing people understand why it is is reached. I don't necessarily see that things will have to be unpopular. What we've got to do is to make this work fairly and justly for everybody. So when you're talking about climate change and we're pontificating about everybody's going to have an electric vehicle, well, we know the cost of electric vehicles, uh, and we know that right now they're out of price range for most consumers on, on the island. So we need to be working out when we put together things like a climate change plan and a climate change roadmap. We need to be ensuring that from a financial perspective, but also from an outcome perspective in terms of climate change, we've clearly targeted when, how and where we will affect such such a transition. And in doing so, it's vital that we factored in how we are going to support the community in, in achieving that. I suppose it all comes down to money. There was a famous axiom in politics, American politics. It's the economy, stupid. The next five years, it is the economy, isn't it? Uh, absolutely. That's a fundamental plank uh, of, of what we're dealing with. We have to continue to succeed uh, economically and we have to continue to grow economically. And that's why we've uh, put the Economic Re- Recovery Group, which I've chaired as part of the sort of COVID recovery plans, um, has uh, initiated this review from KPMG, uh, who are assisting government in putting this together. That will be on the table very early on in the next administration and will form a Uh, a plank, but we need to keep on growing the economy. We need to keep diversified economy. And again, there are certain actions that I think can be undertaken, reforms within government that could lead to better outcomes here uh, in terms of uh, a more targeted and focused approach in some areas. And that will be up to the next administration to put that together because I go back to this point, delivery is vital. Uh, You know, policy, 
plans are okay, but they're nothing without actual delivery on the ground. It's vital the next government gets better better at delivering. We need to have targets and we need to have benchmarks if we're going to deliver that successfully through organisations like the Department for Enterprise. Yeah, we're doing quite well as well. I mean, one thing I noticed was VAT obviously has gone up quite a I think it went from 369 million to 444 million. A useful time to get that sort of rise. Well, look, uh, you know, I... I We've planned prudently. My budgeting period over the last five years. But will we continue we've, to we've, get that we've rise We've planned in prudently, not not necessarily. I mean, that is all part of our economic success because we have successfully grown the economy over the last five years. I think because of the investment decisions Treasury has made, uh, in terms, I think, of putting people first and raising personal allowances, increasing child benefit, trying to put more money back into people's pockets. We've got the lowest rates of unemployment for over uh, twenty years. Um, we've started to diversify the economy. Other opportunities are coming um, on stream uh, and so you know it, it's going to be absolutely vital that we that we continue to to focus in these in this area um, and continue to uh, target the, the the growth the economic growth in 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 our economy but you're, you're citing other areas coming on stream can you mention something that perhaps is going to be well, with us in well, the next few well years? we've seen we've seen e-commerce uh, there's obviously now the new legislation around medicinal uh, cannabis um, which could could come on to stream. We've obviously got to re- re-energize ourselves post-COVID, if you like, in terms of both the strategy that will be delivered uh, in the autumn, but also in terms of our core uh, strategic approach, which includes tourism and leisure. Just go from the national picture, if I can put it that way, to the um, constituency picture. Just looking at the area uh, that you're in at the moment. Um, Kurt Michael um, has a cleaned up sewage system it still has obviously a speed issue doesn't it of people going through your constituency something has to be done about that they put in measures in Kurt Michael itself which is not met with universal approval I think these multicoloured uh, pedestrian crossings etc well well we'll have to see how how they work but look across across the rural areas there is an issue with speed uh, in many parts and has been a, a, across the constituency I often deal with uh, local residents and trying to sort out uh, either either speed limits speed or, me- or, or methods to try and slow Is slow speed cameras individuals and down. The possibility Look, everything needs to be considered when you're looking at uh, these matters. Um, you know, speed in the in in rural areas uh, needs to be considered very very carefully. Uh, you know, we also have to balance out that there's now a lot of bicycles around, particularly over the weekend in the areas that that, that we live. So right, you know. Road safety, road speeds, that's not something that, that that's going to go away. Again, you know, what I would like to see perhaps is more relationship, interrelationship between those responsible for, for road safety, and particularly in the Department of Infrastructure and uh, residents on, on the ground. And I would actually like to see, you know, more willingness to listen to residents' concerns and to consider speed limits where there is clear evidence that, that, that small residential um, gatherings uh, or clusters of, of people are exposed to, to high speed um, during during periods of time during the week. And As day. you've been knocking on the doors, what have people been saying to you about speed? Is that top of their list? What is top of their list? Well, look, you know, there are a number of pressing issues, but, you know, there's, of course there's the localised um, issues and, and they are very, very important. 
You know, but the big issues, you know, everybody must is 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 cognizant of fact and recognizes that we are facing significant challenges um, in a much more nationalized way around climate change, around delivery of healthcare transition, uh, focus now on education post COVID recovery. So, you know, and of course, you know, the 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 economy and of course dealing with these lo- local issues. So, you know, that's why I talk about delivery, John, because actually delivering. Uh, proper outcomes for for people on the ground, if you like, in terms of making sure that our potholes are looked after properly, that our grass verges are cut back uh, on time and to schedule, uh, that we react to people's concerns, that we keep the road markings correct, that we're, we're, we're looking appropriately where speed limits need to be. This basic delivery will give us a platform for, for success. But it is, of course, the big issues around COVID, re- economic recovery, healthcare transition, sorting out the healthcare waiting lists, education that really are the dominant issues and the and proper plan will need to be put together. It's to extraordinary address. how potholes are feature in some people's lives, don't they? They regard them as very important, especially, I suppose, when their, their car goes into it and does something to its suspension. Uh, just putting that to one side, you mentioned health there. Obviously, a very uh, important, very expensive uh, area. Can we afford the sort of health provision that people are expecting? Well, this will be part of the reasons why I've absolutely sort of highlighted, and I will highlight in my manifesto, that any government plan this time must be accompanied by, you know, a costed budget uh, process in which, you know, these critical areas, which everybody wants to succeed, are properly allocated the right um, funding so that we can work out across the whole public set of public finances where we need to make adjustments, the appropriate adjustments to ensure that we get the budget um, balanced. Talking about the island, and obviously it's uh, stood on the shoulders of finance for some time. How is the finance sector doing? Banks, for instance, we have less banks than we used to, etc. Is it doing well? Has it got confidence in the Isle of Man as a jurisdiction to do business in? John, I, I you know, the finance sector has held up incredibly well over this COVID crisis, as have other areas of our economy, including our e-commerce sector, for for example. Yes, our domestic sector, uh, you know, our retail, our hotels, our hospitality have all taken uh, or had quite quite a rocky ride over the last 12 months. But finance sector, the the, the key critical uh, platforms, if you like, of our economic success, you know, are in good, good health. But like every, like everywhere else, you know, we're still facing these critical challenges. So, for example, when it comes to finance now, there's a big hefty agenda when it comes to international taxation. 15%, and z- and zero, that's the big one. At and, and zero tax. You know, we will need to negotiate success our way successfully through that. That will, I think, require uh, people who understand uh, finance, understand, understand the island. Um, and, of course, we need to make appropriate judgments when the time comes in terms of our discussions with the OECD and indeed with our partners such as Jersey and Guernsey when we approach these matters. But, you know, I'm confident that the island still has the platform for a strong recovery post-COVID. We've got the lowest unemployment for, for, for 20 years. And yes, there are issues, inflationary issues, a lot of businesses facing a lot of challenges. But we can overcome these. You know, we will get through this with, with the right uh, post-recovery plan. Um, and we have uh, the platform for a successful and secure and sustainable future. Obviously, when we had a big crisis uh, some decades ago, we came up with zero ten. Have we got a plan waiting 
to counteract this 15%, which is going to make a big difference to our rates? Well, well, you know, as it currently stands, that that rate is 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 a rate that's set at a level of turnover that does not really apply to to the vast, significant majority of Isle of Man companies. So, as as it currently stands, that is not necessarily would be regarded as what you might call. Um, a threat. I think, though, you know, the global agenda on this matter is going to continue to um, develop, and of course, we wait to see what the uh, economic strategy uh, outline and, and, and plans are when they are, or proposals are when they're delivered in October. Before we can make too many uh, further judgments. But look, you know, I'm going to continue to support and fight for a low tax environment. That's really been the platform for our success over the last uh, 30 years. Uh, and it sure that this will remain the platform for our success well into the future. And that's why it's absolutely vital that, you know, whilst, yes, we take the appropriate line in negotiations here, but we also continue uh, to develop and diversify our economy, put in place um, the right infrastructure. But most importantly, we do have robust and sustainable finances um, for the future. They've proved a rock during the COVID uh, crisis, and it's vital that they main, are maintained in the, to the type of level and strength that, that we have been maintaining them over the last five years. Of course, CEOs, when they come to the island, think, well, we set up business here. Take a look around the island. They take a look at Douglas. And I know that uh, Alan Bell always used to say it's, it does take away business, people seeing what they see in Douglas. Douglas is looking a bit of a state still, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And that's why Brownfield site uh, development and regeneration uh, continue to play an important feature in any governmental plans. I think the, the 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 establishment of the Max Development Corporation, which we've just brought forward as a result of the Economic Recovery Group, has a significant role to play in this. And our plans and hopes are that that will get on with its first project within it's the next few It's more hopes than expectations, few, though, isn't few, it? No, absolutely not. You know, we've been clear. We've I've worked with the board. I've been really pleased with the way they've approached this. Uh, you know, I can tell you they've got a couple of key sites now in mind, and I'm very hopeful that before the end of the year, we, somebody will be announcing plans about the development related to those key sites. The other issue, though, you know, that is really striking at the moment is housing, uh, particularly a lack of affordable housing for our uh, first-time buyers and, and others on the island. And, you know, we now must make a concerted effort um, to, to, to build more uh, appropriate housing, particularly affordable housing. And the government's going to take a long, long look at how it can now push forward with uh, redevelopment uh, and regeneration in our brownfield sites and within our towns to accommodate some of this uh, uh, or to accommodate some of these critical areas. And more support perhaps for younger people trying to get on the ladder because housing, what's 313,000 is the average for a property on the island at the moment. Yeah, It's a yeah, lot no, of money no, for a I young mean, person. Look, this is a, uh, you know, it is a critical area. Um, I'm loath to use the word crisis, but it is a very uh, uh, important matter at the moment that needs addressing as a matter of absolute urgency. Can you tell us about something you, you sat on a select committee some years ago on the domestic rating system? Oh. We seem to have come to a complete halt there, as we have done for years. Does it need, can we live without change or does it need change? I think the, the, the answer to that really lies with any government's plans um, for for the future. Now, look, you know, we've we've done pretty well without any significant reforms to to the rating system. Uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, the fundamental arguments around all island rates, I hope, have gone away. Um, but Sounds you know, like you're we, arguing we, against change. We need to make sure I think I'm not I'm, look, I have always been said that I am open to 
reviewing um, the rating system and ensuring one, it is fair, uh, and and that that everybody has a balanced uh, set set of rates that are that are equal and appropriate. Uh, you know there are some issues around single household rates at the moment, and certainly a feeling that these that they're not proportional um, for individuals living by themselves uh, compared to 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 others. Uh, that issue certainly needs um, looking at. But the critical issue is what people are actually paying for with their rates and what is being um, delivered, and that's really i think where where the essence of this lies we also have to consider of course that you know there is continued pressure on the cost of living now at the moment post covid i think actually we'd made some significant steps forward in that respect at the beginning of this administration for the first three or four years when we've lifted it, um personal allowances as i said before where we've invested appropriately for working families have got to recognize now that we're going through a period of what i would call this sort of post covid recovery um, and, you know, things like inflation, uh, shortages of key goods, uh, which are very apparent in the market, are all impacting on incomes and, and household incomes and inflation potentially. So, you know, we need to be very careful uh, how we handle the economy in the next couple of years and coming forward with sort of rate increases or all island rate increases or pushing pushing up taxation. Um, it would not uh, be the right way forward, I don't think, in the first two or three years of the next administration. And it needs to really, as I say, be very carefully about its set of prioritisation, how and where the money is being spent. Alf Cannon, standing in uh, air and Kurt Michael, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, John.